0: welcome to urban forum northwest with your host eddie rye we have a number of people we'll be speaking with today my first guest is a very dynamic individual i've been knowing for a while she is a mover and a shaker and a leader and her name is dr karen johnson known as dr j Uh, she had prominence in thurston county for one of the founders and leaders of the thurston county alliance and she's held other distinguished positions but dr j i want you to do the talking Why don't you just take a minute or so and talk to our folks. We we can't go into everything you've done, but just share with our listeners a little bit about your background. Well, Mr. Rye, it's always a pleasure to be in your presence.
1: Greatness, I can feel it all the way here in Thurston County, Washington, the recorded homelands of the indigenous people for thousands of years. A little bit about my background. Well, I guess, I think uh, the late John Lewis said it best, I've had a life of just getting in good, necessary trouble, uh, starting in the Department of Veterans Affairs, overseeing their regional EEO uh, Affirmative Action Program for 14 Midwestern states, 44 VA hospitals, a little bit of work in the nonprofit sector, uh, consulting, state government, just being about serving the people, doing the best we can to make sure that everyone is treated equitably and just you and i first met oh let's see we won't say how long it was mr rye but we did some great work in the seattle central district making sure that our people and all people were able to live play drive educate their babies
0: and get a roof over their head well you encapsulated that very well now you're in a position now that was newly created and uh As you know, since uh, Dr. Arthur A. Fletcher and I drove all across the state in uh, October of 1998, trying to kill uh, initiative 200. And then later on, we find out through the works of Jesse Weinberry, attorney Jesse Weinberry, former state representative, that I 200 didn't kill a primitive action that governors Governor Gary Locke's directive 98-01 killed a primitive action. And as you know, and you've been at the table, We're trying to do something to bring uh, 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 parity back to the black community as well as other communities of color. Uh, The numbers indicate we're not doing very well at all, really in any of the public sectors as well as we should be doing. And hopefully this new democratic administration will give us some promise. But we've had 23 years of no affirmative action and we've had democratic governors. So I'm just trying to see what hopefully your office Uh, by by even instituting an Office of Equity, it seems like we're on the right path in terms of bringing prosperity and inclusion back to our community. So I'd just like to have you address that. Well, I agree with you,
1: Eddie. I, I do believe that this is the movement moment, so to speak, to bring equity and prosperity back to the state, particularly since we're the only state in the nation that has an Office of Equity. And You know, when I think about all that we're asked to do to ensure that everyone, each and every person in Washington has full access to the opportunities, the power, and the resources they need to flourish and achieve their full potential, right there, there's two bodies of work for the Office of Equity to focus on. Number one, who are we hiring in executive cabinet-level positions to run our state agencies? And number two, who are we contracting with who is getting the public spend, what percent of our money is going to minority contractors, particularly since this office was established because the legislature found that the demographic of our state has been becoming increasingly more racially and ethnically diverse over the last several decades. And as those demographics change, they found that black Brown, Native people still do not have the same opportunity to reach parity as their non marginalized, largely white, largely male counterparts do across virtually every measure, including education, wealth, health, and the list could go on and on. And what they found was that these inequities based on race, ethnicity, gender, and other characteristics are deep, pervasive, and persistent. And so they've established this Office of Equity. Governor Jay Inslee signed it into law in April 2020 so that we can begin to promote access to equitable opportunities and resources that reduce these disparities and improve outcomes statewide across government. And in the recent disparity study around supplier diversity, minority contracting, we right there have a good starting point to start changing the process. Particularly since, as you mentioned, I-2000 doesn't kill affirmative action, but even more fundamental to me than that is, you know, many say that, oh, we we can't uh, have goals to increase our minority or women-owned businesses or veteran-owned businesses representation in the state. Well, we certainly have nothing to prevent us from making sure that when uh, Black-owned, minority-owned, veteran-owned, women-owned small businesses apply for our contracts, there's nothing that prevents us from giving them the contracts, particularly when, particularly in this hour, when we want to eliminate those racial and ethnic um, inequities. So we want to make sure then that we have contractors who look like the people who have been disadvantaged and have not had full access to opportunities, power, resources, i.e., contracts, so that they too can put diapers on the baby, food on their table, a roof over their head, educate their children no matter what the zip code is, and take care of their aged parents and themselves if perchance they have a health problem without worrying about going bankrupt.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Jay, I just want to say that uh, we've had the setup, and I've talked to several members of the Congressional Black Caucus. As a matter of fact, uh, Representative Karen Bass with me on this afternoon as well from California about the fact that we've had these programs set up where there's a prime contractor, usually a white male or a coalition or collaboration of white males, and then the minorities are under them. And after 45 years, we have not seen any black uh, success stories. Uh, in this state, as a matter of fact, the last major project in Seattle was uh, the tunnel done by the Seattle Tunnel Partners, which was Tutor Perini and drugados out of Spain. And on that project, four black contractors went broke. So we will be going back talking to, I've talked to members of Black Caucus about it, and uh, they're gonna be arranging a meeting with me and several other people, Bob Armstead's folks from the Civil Rights Coalition, to uh, have a meeting with Pete Buttigieg, the uh, secretary of DOT, we got to start repairing some of the damage that we've allowed racism to do to our people, specifically African descendants of the United States enslaved because of the fact that, you know, we kicked the doors open and uh, the racism is flourishing everywhere. The people didn't think it was going to get to them. All they got to do is look at Washington, D.C. at the Republican Party right now. Believe me, they got some racism for everybody that's not white and a white supremacist at this point in time. So I'm just thinking, what can the state ever do to... Uh, make amends and make people whole who have been harmed by these racist practices that some state agencies just have overlooked. While, while the tunnel partners were out of compliance, WASHDOT went back and intervened at the national level to get uh, them out of the, uh, the condition they were in, which was they were out of compliance. Uh, WASHDOT went back and got that removed so they could get another billion dollar contract in New York. But the same support and assistance. We're not given to these four blacks who went broke on that project. See, that's the problem we have because of the fact. So many people, the governor told me, well, because of I two hundred, we can't do anything. As a matter of fact, when it first when it was first passed, people were saying we don't have to do business with blacks any longer. They didn't say anybody else. We don't have to do that for blacks any longer. And that mentality is there. And then Donald Trump has really put it to, to the on the front burner, if not a blowtorch. Eddie, you have uh, perhaps said a lot
1: asked me maybe five questions and that one, but you've hit on some very critical pieces. First and foremost, as long as we get $1 of federal dollars in, in the state of Washington, that does not preclude any of the laws on the books in the land around achieving equity and parity in minority contracting. And black people, as you point out, are not the only protected class women were are affirmative action hired, so I guess that would be for women, uh, brown people, veterans, people who are disabled, all are protected class categories. And if we cannot do contracting with Blacks in this state, then we can't contract with any of them in this state because they are all part of federal affirmative action categories. That's number one. Number two, your first question to me was, What can we do to repair the damage? It's funny that you asked me that question today because I wrote myself a note as I was just thinking about all the work that this office has before it and what specifically is this office going to focus on to to begin to repair harm, pivot from harm, and pivot toward equity and justice for all. We need to begin to start rebuilding capacity. Even if we wanted to contract with all Black, business owners in this state, my question would be, Do we? how many do we even have? How many were demolished, went broke, and devastated through an inappropriate application of an initiative, as opposed to a proper application of the law of the land? So there's going to be a focus on rebuilding the capacity of minority, largely Black-owned businesses, as well as building that pipeline. Now, how are we going to do that? I don't know. I'm sure that you and others will help us to figure that out. But from the Office of Equity's perspective, what we plan to do is to begin to take a look at, well, what does our solicitation process even look like? For the contracts, do all vendors who want to do business with our state have to go through any implicit bias training or any anti-racism training or any like that to even do business in our state since we want to achieve equity and justice for all? And by the way, what what rubrics are you? What evaluation criteria are we using to score uh, proposals? Mm-hmm. And and how does who and is involved in that selection process for contracts? And and how does that even go up? So we're looking at embedding equity and justice into every action, decision making, policy, practice, statewide, particularly as it relates to hiring, and particularly as it relates to minority contractor.
0: Dr. J. There's one thing that I think would, would really show uh, a sign of good faith on behalf of the state, uh, uh, as well as because uh, both prime contracts were able to run rampant over, uh, especially black subs, I don't know what happened to other people. But uh, I know there's two groups they are talking about waving out of the program altogether. You mentioned the federal dollars, when the federal dollars came, uh, four white female firms with 100 trucks got about 80% of the total bucks. They were waived out of the program at one time, even by Elaine Chao, because uh, a sister of the career civil servant by the name of Cheryl Porte, who's still there, waved them out. She's also arranging the meeting with uh, uh, Secretary Buttigieg to talk about remedies for the people who went, were harmed on that, uh, that contract with the tunnel partners. But uh, I think uh, I, agree, I agree with uh, your approach and what you're doing. And I wanna let you know that I'm willing to work with you any way I can. And in addition to that, uh, anytime that you or Ms. Tisdale wanna come on the air, or you designate whoever you want to, to come on, uh, this will be open for you. And uh, yeah, I knew we'd need a whole hour, but we don't have that, I think. But uh, there's a big convocation going. And I, I, I work do a lot of work with the clergy. I think it's really important for the folks who are leaders in our community, in the, uh, the civic and religious community know what's going on because they consistently have folks coming to them. Uh, oh, as a matter of fact, uh, Bishop Reggie Witherspoon, are you all on the line? one. Yeah. I just wanted you to meet this dynamic sister. Hey there. Uh, Dr. Karen Johnson known as Dr. J. Well, and if... she's a, she's a new, uh, Director of uh, the Governor's Equity Office, oh, by nice Jansley. And so, uh, and Bishop is over, uh, I can't pronounce the Washington Ecclesiastical. The Washington
2: Northwest Ecclesiastical <laughs> Jurisdiction. That's a lot of stuff. If Eddie, if Eddie Rice said that you're all right, then you are all right. So good to meet you.
0: <laughs> She's nice. dynamic. So Bishop. I wanna make sure that you, that you have a relationship with your group, uh, with uh, uh, Dr. Karen Johnson, and uh, as a director of equity. Because he touches a lot of people, Dr. J. And I want to make sure that, you know, uh, the word will get out. And believe me, you're talking about somebody covering somebody's back? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Well, Thank you, because we did all the back covering we could get, all the prayer
1: covering we could get. So thank you, Bishop, and thank you, Eddie, for making the connection.
2: Sure. Where are you from originally? Besides
1: heaven, I come by way of the East Coast. Okay. Upstate New York.
2: Upstate New York. My son spent... Several years in um, Long Island. Yes, sir. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, this is it. This is this is
0: okay. our moment. Well, Doctor J, I want to make sure you met, met Bishop Reggie Willerspoon. So, uh, uh, matter of fact, uh, I'm gonna get Miss Tisdale to go ahead and start putting you on the calendar right now, so okay. we have a set time yes, at sir. least every month, and at, at least. least come up every every because this is very important to our, to my black people and other folks who are marginalized in the state so thank you very much today okay thank you have a good day and i look forward to connecting with bishop
2: bless you my dear look forward to it thank you thank you god bless
0: okay now now, bishop you have an activity going on right now you probably took a break from uh the uh, the seventh annual holy convocation so i just want you to that's very important just talk to our our, uh listeners and uh folks about what's going on and uh, sure. uh what activities can they look forward to being engaged in
2: sure thank you brother Eddie's it's always good to be with you my friend i love the right family and uh you are doing an incredible work in this community they have been doing it you've been in the trenches for a long time and so kudos to you um i speak of you all over the country you are you are the man doing the work and uh you deserve props for that and you deserve to be praised in that regard we are in our seventh annual holy convocation it's a word that comes from the from the old testament when the jews would come together they would convocate to get instruction and directions relative to the torah and just directions on how to be more effective in all that they did so we come together once a year all of the churches under my auspices as jurisdictional prelate and we have a week of of convocation where we just come and sharpen one another and have fellowship worship we've been having an absolute blast it's been a revival man we come together and and uh sharpening each other with workshops and service and singing and worship and praying for people and it's been powerful it was at my church the last two nights it's going to be beginning tonight through sunday i will preach the official address sunday afternoon at three we will be at the renton ikea center right there in renton i uh, have at the, at the uh, renton high school so it has been a time for us to come together as people and get refreshed and rejuvenated, and it's been a marvelous time.
0: So Renton at three, and I don't live but about a two miles from here, so I'm gonna have to be there. Come on, brother Eddie, at
2: three. That's gonna, be, yeah. that's gonna be.
0: That's gonna be. That's uh, gonna be. You said Sunday at three o'clock.
2: Sunday at three o'clock, four hundred Second Avenue in Renton is right at the IKEA Center, right at the the Renton High School. Yeah, we're gonna culminate everything with my official address. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, New Beginnings uh, started in the Renton uh, High School cafeteria. Then we went to the Ikea Center and then the Lindbergh. And then yeah. Pastor Braxton was blessed with the people coming together to build New Beginnings. So that's great. So now there's a rumor out that uh, you relocated or set an up another church in the south end?
2: Well, you know, that that's a big one. First, let me dispel one rumor that said we sold our church to Uncle Ike. That is emphatically, categorically not true. Please, please, whoever's... Doing that, I dispel that rumor for sure. Uh, but, you know, Eddie, honestly, quickly, gentrification has forced our hand. Mm-hmm. They have built all around us where we don't even have parking sufficient for Sundays. We don't have adequate space. They forced our hand. You know, I've met with the mayor on a number of occasions and they're trying to get quote unquote um, low income people back in the community. I'm like, well, let's, the elephant in the room is you, gentrification was on purpose. You moved us out on purpose, and uh, I've told all of our people over the years. I said, "Whatever you do, don't sell your properties." Well, they've done so, and as you know, Central District is about six percent black, sixty percent white. Our people have moved out south. We still have a great, great product, but we're having some serious logistical issues relative yeah. to to um, travel for people and parking and all that. So we've had to consider that. You know, we still believe our best days are ahead of us. We still have a viable product as it were. And so we need more space. Um, So we've we had to do it not because we wanted to. We we need to service our youth, our young adults and our children more efficiently. So we are indeed uh, we we actually did close on our church and we're carrying a note for 18 months. But we're looking for properties in the Kent Renton Federal Way area uh, where we can build a 1200 seat auditorium with all the amenities that give us the ability to do greater amounts of ministry. Yes, it's a big move. It really is.
0: Yeah, and you know what is very necessary because what that means is that you would probably have enough space uh, to host one of the classes for the MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative.
2: Absolutely, you know, you know that's a deal. That's my whole idea to build something big enough to where the Black community can do more things and have you know more space, and that would be one of them for sure.
0: Yes, indeed, because I tell you that would uh, the twenty week what we're talking about the MLK Gandhi Empowerment, but I don't want to go on that now because you got so much on your plate. But I'm glad you're a part of that. Because yeah. we're talking about a 20-week program. We're going to get busy when the Congress gets out of session. We want to do face-to-face with Senator Murray, Senator Cantwell, uh Pritamila Paul, Adam yeah. Smith, and the rest of them to let them know this needs to happen. Because what we need to do is that right now, it's looked at that the people that go through the program, a 20-week program, they'll get $2,500 a month.
3: Mm-hmm. So we
0: And we're asking... Folks like yourself and other people who recommend people to be standing behind them. And then we got the black employees from Amazon, Facebook and Microsoft will come in and let them know what they need to do to get over the hump. Because awesome. We're talking about people starting at six figures now. Come on. Yeah. Oh, come on.
2: You know, I'm in, man. I'm looking forward to really supporting this this proposition. I, I think it's for the good of our people, man. And so it, it's, it's powerful. We're going to make that happen. I'm excited about it.
0: Now, uh, what about, uh, since we didn't put it out there, do you have any estimated dates that you would be relocating to the new facility?
2: Uh, We will be for the next um, probably 18 months still where we are. Again, we're carrying the mortgage for 18 months. So we have 18 months to get all of our ducks in order, as it were, acquire our properties and begin you know our new demographic you know and what we're going to do there scouting it out and doing all of our studies so we have some time but you know again we got to remember people have said please don't sell your properties and all those things yeah, I yeah, I know, the yeah. central district but the central district is not the central district anymore that's true so our people have moved out so i need to get to where they are they have a lot of them you know love our product but you know i'm 35 minutes away now and um, yeah that's true. You get 10 minutes away it's quicker for them to be able to get it so it's it's a challenge it's some you know it's a bittersweet moment but i believe it's for the better of our people and the advancement of the kingdom
0: bishop i agree with you because all those churches were built for us to walk to amen all the churches in the cd they were built so we could walk to those churches i remember when we lived first moved on 20th and then we walked to Mount Zion. everybody walked to first they walked to the churches and now you're right i mean it's been gentrified we released that red line report in 1973 and 50 years later, it's come to complete fruition yeah. uh, that we would be uh, dislocated, and that's been the case. So, no, I applaud your efforts, and I mean, you know, I know it's hard to break away, but yeah. you got to do what's best, because if, you, if you're if going to serve, gonna, uh, you know, bring Jesus to the people, you got to go to where the people
2: are. Absolutely, so, and you know, my <laughs> white friends, yeah. we love them. We reach out to them, but they don't tend to reach back so quickly, so those just Yeah.
0: Thanks. Well, I, I suggested to folks at Mount Zion, I said, with all that property, the best thing for you guys to do is just go ahead and build, have a built-in congregation with the property. If, if you're going to stay on 19th and Madison yeah, on McKinney Avenue, you're going to have to use that. They don't sell no property, but build up some property because you're still right on the bus line, right on the jobs, Absolutely. on the university and everything else. So, you know, a couple of hundred units could help be the backbone of a church. Oh, my
2: God. You're a 100. I hope they listen to you because I would. Certainly say that's a good vision right there for sure for them.
0: So, Bishop, uh, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? And then we're going to have you on because you've covered so much turf with so many different. How many churches do you have under your leadership? We
2: yeah, right, uh, right at uh, 20 churches and we're growing on a regular basis. Um, so our goal is to really this time next year to have at least 30 to 35 churches. We're looking at some demographics in eastern Washington and northern Seattle as well. And our theme is doing ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, man, we're all about empowering pastors, young men, young women, um, youth, and just doing a work that really can make our people better. That's what this is all about. And
0: your family's all fine, though?
2: Oh, yeah, man. Thank you all for the prayer. My daughter is supremely well. You all prayed all over the country. I went to the doctor the other day. The doctor said, you don't need physical therapy, and you don't need me anymore. You are completely healed. So thank God for the power of prayer. It definitely works. All right,
0: my brother. Thank you very much. We and appreciate it.
2: Always good to be with you. I'm on board with you, and thank you for having me, and I hope to see many of you all at our worship experience begins tonight at the uh ikea center at 7 30 and then going through sunday thank you man keep up the good work i'm with you 100
0: okay appreciate it
2: bishop okay. thank you very bye. much okay bye
0: okay eric we're going to take a break and come back after this with uh representative karen bass who's still in washington dc but represents the 37th congressional district in southern california
3: List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concession at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City Tequila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
3: Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: We're back. We're in the process of trying to hook up with Representative Karen Bass. During the meantime, I want to uh, thank our supporters and sponsors. Me and Rice. Uh, Director of the Diversity Contracting Office with uh, the Port of Seattle, uh, Leslie Jones, Jante Robinson, down at Sound Transit with Labor, Civil Rights, and Inclusion uh, for Sound Transit. And we also have uh, uh, Concourse and Sessions, uh, Dave Pukahara out at SeaTac, SeaTac uh, Bar Group, LLC, with Jerry Whitsitt and Rod O'Neill, two brothers that were Desert Storm veterans, want to thank Stephanie Ogle, who does our website, does our technology. Uh, we'll also be talking with uh, Clarence Gunn a little later, too. Clarence uh, is with Democrats for Diversity and, uh, and Inclusion, and they have teamed up, or I guess part of uh, the uh, Coalition of Refugees, Immigrants, and Communities of Color, will be hosting a mayoral uh, forum, and that will be this evening. It'll be Zoom, naturally, and he'll talk to us about that. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention Liz Alzeer and Carol, Carol Wong down at uh, the City of Seattle's uh, Purchase and Construction Services Office. Uh, Sue, so I want to make sure that uh, I was supposed to do an interview yesterday. I'm not going to mention any names. And I got a call and the person that was organizing the interview uh, indicated that he had had a, a test uh, for COVID on the day before and his results came back in yesterday morning and they were positive and this gentleman has had two of the vaccinations uh but he was around a crowd uh that didn't have any any mass as a matter of fact i guess an arena full of people that didn't have masks, which still goes to show you that uh we can have a serious problem so i'm not changing up nothing if i go to the store I'm gonna wear my mask, whether everybody else wants to wear theirs or not, uh, I'm gonna have mine. So a few difficulties in terms of locating uh, uh, Representative Karen Bass. And we know that her first job is to serve the people not to be on the radio program this afternoon. So we have to, we'll just cut in with, but I think uh, Sherry McLeod from the city's uh, equity, uh, cannabis equity team is on. Sherry, how you doing?
5: I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you for
0: having me. Okay, uh, I know that this is before you and Rick were supposed to be on, and uh, we might have me get a call from Representative Karen best We do, but you're on right now, and uh, I talked to Rick, and I'm praying for him. And he, you know, he was in an automobile accident. He went down to Dallas to see some, uh, one of a family member who was ill with COVID. And while he's down there, he gets uh, somebody runs a red light and hits his car. So I talked to him from the hospital. So. I think you're gonna to have to be the heavy load carrier because he has quite a few issues right now. So we're all praying for him, but uh, let's go and talk about uh, uh, the equity, Seattle's uh, issue with the uh, in terms of equity cannabis and uh, how this uh, idea come up and uh, also explain to our listeners exactly what will, uh, what are the goals and objectives of the cannabis equity team? Sure, thank you. Um, yes.
5: Uh, Rick has been amazing, even reaching out to me from a hospital bed today. So he he truly is um, an amazing man. So we have, so I'm with the city of Seattle, and we have what's called the Racial Equity Toolkit Project. And this actually began in 2018, and it was to take a look at licensing of cannabis businesses Um, We had recognized that here in Seattle, like across the country, the ownership of these businesses was predominantly white males. Um, Very, very few people of color, very few women were involved. So we began, it was around June of 2018 um, and recommended that we take a look at this using a racial lens uh, of the toolkit and as I mentioned, it began at looking at just licensing, how can we add equity into this industry, into licensing? And as we continued uh, doing uh, outreach with previous dispensary operators, with other stakeholders, with community doing research around the country, um, we learned that it was a lot more than licensing and it's a lot more than Uh, Trying to stand up a business and supporting the business, but it's also it's primarily about the community that Mm -hmm. has been impacted by the war on drugs for decades um, and how that has led to this disparity in the cannabis industry and of course has led to the displacement of our communities that have left Seattle led to gentrification. So it's quite a bit more. Um, We, as I mentioned, we've done a lot of stakeholder engagements, and we actually have one tonight with the community that we've identified who have been most harmed, so those who have been impacted by cannabis convictions, incarceration, arrests, so we're hoping to speak with them tonight, hear from them on some of their ideas and recommendations um, towards you know, what resources should be made available for those who have had cannabis convictions, um, what investment in community, what initiatives, such as removing misdemeanors, possible felony convictions, um, school programs that offer resources to students affected by cannabis, uh, addiction treatment programs, housing assistant, job resources, training, um, and this alongside with also, how can we introduce more equity into the industry? And I think- Well, Rick, is,
0: yeah, Rick has joined us. Rick, are you there? Good afternoon. How are you doing, Mr. Rye? I appreciate you for having us on. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we just heard from So I hope you're doing well. Sherry's uh, really kind of laid the program out for us. I don't know if you were able to hear anything she had about her remarks, but we would want to get you on to talk about your role in this uh, cannabis equity team as well. Uh, really,
6: it's just bringing um, the inside of community and uh, also for, for folks who have been harmed, uh, bringing that voice to the table. A lot of times, uh, and I, you know, being a public a, a person who works for a public agency, understanding how government works, a lot of times you don't have somebody that comes from that harm or uh, from the community that you look to serve. So that that's what the value that I have uh, comes to that, comes to the table, that I bring to the table. So um thinking about the most harmed, like when we started this I'm sure Sherry sh- uh, shared um you know we were thinking about licenses and then you know I was like hey there's also the part where folks were harmed you know we need to address that as well um and the whole team was on board the city was on board so um I'm just glad to see that we didn't get that resistance um typically public agencies you know when you want someone to be accountable um that that's that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow so i'm just glad that we have the leadership we have um and the support we have and the team that
0: we have so so, so sherry you want to add anything to that you guys got an event coming up like uh, uh this afternoon uh what is on the agenda
5: yes so this evening starting at 6 p.m till seven thirty, we have a zoom virtual engagement um, and I can share out the, I, I don't really quite know how to share out the, the zoom link on radio, but we do have Thanks. an engagement and I believe Eddie has the event posted on his Facebook page. So we really do welcome folks to join with us today. Um, we will have a, a previously recorded panel of individuals, including, um, Franklin Smith from the department of corrections. Um, he'll talk about re-entry, uh, what work needs to be done to assist individuals, um, both before their release and then also afterward, um, and also including a panelist from the Department of Commerce, who's also on the Governor's Council for Reentry, entry um, And he talks about how folks can go about um, vacating misdemeanors and some um, uh, New legislation coming up that will hopefully automatically expunge certain convictions. So, yeah, it's gonna. I think it. it, I think it'll be good engagement tonight.
0: And exactly, where are you right now in the process?
5: So we are wrapping up um, engagement with community. Um, We still have one more we hope to do. Um, and that is actually with the Black clergy. Um, and then we'd like to finalize recommendations that will be lifted up to city leadership. Um, we're also partnered up with our Office of Economic Development, which is the department that works with small businesses um, and has partners that helps you know develop small businesses. And then also with our uh, Department of Construction and Inspection. Um, and that's more related to citing and locating potential cannabis businesses for success for a social equity applicant.
0: And how can, uh, would you give the, uh, the information about how people can actually tune in to the conversation this evening?
5: Yes, so I will, I have to provide, I'm sorry, it's a Zoom link. And it is Zoom dot us backslash j backslash nine six two four four two six seven one three eight and you okay. can also go to our web page which is uh sorry i should have been better prepared
0: well i have i have the, the flyer on my facebook okay. page well so I, I have that so Thank I want to s- check back with uh, Rick. Do you have any comments you'd like to make before we move on?
6: Uh, let's see here. I had uh, I had something I was listening to Sherry. <laughs> Um We just we just we really need community to speak up. So we have, um, you know, as a city, we're working to hear the voice of community so that the recommendations come from community. And it's not something that the city creates on their own. Um, this harm is Something that community feels, and uh, it's 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 their um, it's their voice and their recommendations that we want to lift up, not our own. Mm-hmm. So uh, we really, really, really need. it. I don't think it's something that's ever happened in the city before. We're um, we're having a conversation about how can we repair the damage, harm directly or indirectly by city. Um, and I mean Mr. Roy you've been a you've been a, a advocate in community for decades uh, which we value um, in uh, um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of something like that before so that's how big uh, of a deal this is is that we want to make sure this voice is um, this the the voice of communities heard and we're talking black community so many times we talk about bipoc we talk about poc we're not we're not having that conversation this is direct to black community um, so that's that's big in itself.
0: Well, man, I appreciate the work that you and Sherry are doing, and I wish you guys success because the people definitely need help. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for your time today. Sherry, is there anything you would like to say in closing?
5: No, we just want people to participate tonight and know that we are working towards undoing the harm.
0: Okay. Well, I'm sorry hey. I missed your name in the email, but I did correct it now. <laughs> on facebook and it has been corrected and, and okay, mr right we we yeah. just
6: we just want to share it's not us it's definitely our team
0: so we I'll we we're sure. just
6: rep- we're just representing but it's definitely a team
0: effort and a city effort so we appreciate okay. you it there yeah. you go that's how to do it brother. <laughs> give everybody the credit you right about that you and Yes, Jerry. sir so thank you guys and good luck for all the work you're doing for the people we thank appreciate you. it and, okay, you know. all you. right so uh we're going to go ahead and take a break and come back with our next guest after this
5: Rick,
3: you're amazing. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City Tukwila, and the airport, Link Live Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly to find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an Orca card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit, Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
3: Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com.
0: all right eddie Wright, back in urban forum northwest want to apologize everybody we we're supposed to have representative karen bass on today but as you know congress is in session and her number one job is to represent a constituents in southern california the 37th congressional district and our interests and uh the people uh who are progressive minded interests. interest because a lot of things are happening in washington dc and they're looking a little shaky on the democrat side especially with uh the way that uh one particular senator from West Virginia is leaning. Uh, the people in West Virginia need to talk to him. They need help just like everybody else. But my next guest is Clarence Gunn. He is, uh, I guess, the executive director, the chairman, the president of Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, and also as one of the, the backbone of the Co- Coalition of Immigrants, Refugees and Communities of Color, to sponsoring a mayoral uh, event this uh, afternoon or early evening. And so, Clarence, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, and share with our listeners what you guys have going on this evening. Get a chance to hear the people that want to be in charge of the city of Seattle.
7: Sure. Well, thank you, Eddie. I appreciate the opportunity uh, to uh, be on on your show. Um, This evening, uh, the Coalition of Immigrants, Refugees, and Communities of Color are hosting a candidate forum with seven of the candidates running for uh, the mayor position here for the city of Seattle. Uh, we've got uh, seven of them uh, attending. They uh, Those seven have confirmed. And uh, we look forward to an exciting time, about five or six questions prepared. And then a couple questions from the audience. Uh, this is all via Zoom. So people can go on uh, the DDI Facebook page and there's a, a link there. Um, or, excuse me, the CERC uh, 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 Facebook page and there's a link there and uh, you know, they, they can join it. Uh, it starts at six, the candidates start at uh, 615 and then we go to approximately 715, 730 at the latest uh, so they can get on to other events. And then we'll uh, talk about next steps and voter registration, uh, making sure you return your ballot, how to return your ballot and, um, You know, some other things that are coming up this fall, redistricting uh,
0: congressional races in the future, et cetera. Now, uh, the areas where you endorse candidates, uh, was that in King County? Was that King and Pierce, Snohomish County?
7: No, that was just in King County. We focused this year, the Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, another group that I'm part of, DDI. uh, did uh, endorsements primarily in the uh, city races, municipal races, uh, city councils in Federal Way, Kent, Renton, SeaTac, Tukwila. Uh, we did take some positions around the Port of Seattle, um, uh, Des Moines, uh, but um, you know those, our focus was more on what's happening at, at the local level, at the community level, the city level, because uh, that's where people live. So, uh, really making sure that people uh, understand the voices and the power of uh, the commitment from the individuals that we
0: endorsed. Well, maybe I missed something. I think I saw the list, but I didn't see any endorsement for King County Executive. No, sir.
7: No, not at this time. Uh, the committee's going to the endorse uh, The Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion uh, endorsement committee uh, is going to be taking that up. Since that's a general election, there are only two candidates in that. They said it's better for us to deal with that one, you know, come, um, uh, well, we'll do it in August and announce it in September because the election's
0: in November. Right, right. Now, that disagrees. Uh, Now, when does uh, uh, the Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, do they meet monthly?
7: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We uh, meet the first Monday of the month, every month at 7 p.m. Again, you can go on the... Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion website and it'll have the link. We kind of put it up there every month under events and uh people can join us and, and learn about what who we are and what we're doing. Uh it's been kind of interesting. This year we had uh, one of the commissioners on the state redistricting commission. We've had a doctor that's been very involved in, in making sure that uh Uh, immunizations around the COVID uh, have increased in black communities, working with various groups and organizations to increase those numbers because we were impacted uh, terribly uh, during the the COVID crisis. Um, Let's see. We've had a couple representatives, Representative Jesse Johnson and uh, Representative David Hackney came and they spoke with us. Uh, so we have a variety of folks that come and speak to us on a monthly basis. Um, and then we have you know, some organizational business and we uh, um, you know, do some uh, organizing and mobilizing our members around activities that are coming up for that particular month.
0: Well, Clarence, I would be remiss uh, to my listeners if I didn't ask you to go, go down the list of endorsements that uh, uh, see uh, the uh, Coalition of Immigrants, uh, Refugees and Communities of Color endorsed. Is it okay. possible for you to share with our listening audience who you guys endorse? Sure,
7: I can run through it real fast. Go right um, in. Okay, it's and
0: you. Did you get a copy of it? We sent out a press release, I, but I want it to come from you're the <laughs> your one that's in charge. Right. I'm here with you, yeah, I have okay. it, but I want you to, you to deliver the information. All
7: right, yes, okay, so we, um, uh, let's see, uh, Teresa Moscata for uh, Seattle Council position A. Bruce Harrell for City of Seattle Mayor, Larry Brown uh, for Auburn City Council, that's position uh, number six, Hugo Garcia for Burien City Council, Jimmy Mata for Burien City Council, Sarah Moore, um, and Crystal uh, Marks, all for the Burien City Council. Uh, Jim Farrell for the City of of, uh, Federal Way uh, Mayor, Uh, Gregory Barrusso for Federal Way, position two. Catherine Festa, Federal Way, position four. Uh, Leandra Kraft for Federal Way, uh, position five. Rianne Singh for uh, Federal Way, position six. Uh, For the city of Kent, uh, we're endorsing Don Bennett for mayor. Uh, For Kent City Council, Setwinder Kerr, uh, position two. Uh, for the city of Renton, we've got Joseph Todd for position one. Carmen Rivera for position two. Um, for the city of SeaTac, we have Jake Simpson uh, in position two. We've got Jake's, uh, let's see, I said Jake Simpson. We've got Iris Guzman for SeaTac uh, position six. For Tukwila, it's Armin Papia uh, for Tukwila position one. Thomas McLeod uh, Tugwila, position three. deshaun Quinn, uh, Tugwila, position seven. Um, for um, We did do one King County uh, position. It was Sadi uh, Abdullah for the King County uh, position uh, number seven. For the Port of Seattle, we did uh, uh, Ryan Calkins, uh, position one. Hamdi Muhammad for position three. And Toshiko, Grace Hasegawa for position four, uh, the city of Des Moines, uh, we did uh, Priscilla Vargas, and uh, we did a special district uh, the King County Hospital District uh, with all the healthcare issues we've had. Uh, we got involved in that race and we're endorsing Monique Taylor Swan for position four.
0: We're out of time, but thank you very much. We appreciate it. So, thanks for right. asking. We appreciate you guys Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, my thanks, We'll be in touch.
7: Bye bye.